what do you find dangerous? How about this time of year, the great white shark? Would you agree? Look at that thing. Goodness, if that was in the baptistry Sunday, you would see walking on water, I promise you. That is incredible. I, I tell you, how many of you saw the original Jaws in 1975? I was 12 years old, and I want to tell you, I love going to the beach, but I get out this deep, and I'm looking for a fin. But remember what they say, you don't have to outswim the shark. You just have to outswim your spouse, right? That's dangerous, isn't it? That's dangerous. A black mamba. How many of you know what a black mamba is? That is a terrible, not that there's any good snakes. That is a terrible snake. Thank God they're only in Africa. Two drops of their venom will kill you. And they bite, they put out as much as 20 drops of venom. I had a friend who was a missionary in Africa tell me that that snake will actually stalk you. I mean, it will follow you and come after you and attack you. That is a dangerous thing. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 7 tonight. Joshua chapter 7, if you have your Bibles, if you don't, no fear, it will be on the screens. Joshua chapter 7, and we're going to look at something that is tremendously dangerous to your life, and that is the word sin. Now, I know what you're thinking, well, yes, yeah, sin, that's what preachers got to talk about occasionally, like tithing in hell. I, I want us to look at sin tonight, obviously from a, a, just a regular standpoint, but I want, it, I want you to look at it from this viewpoint tonight. Some of you, either watching on the internet, or some of you here this evening, and we're not going to ask for a confession, you right now are in a dangerous spot. You're involved with something, or someone, or something, that if you don't make the right choices it is going to really cause you some problems. It's going to really cause you some problems. And some of us will say, well, that's not me. I'm in a great spot. Humble yourself, you little bumble, because every person in here, if you live much longer, you are going to be in a, a situation where you're going to be tempted to do something that can absolutely ruin your life. And thirdly, you know people tonight that aren't here who need to hear this. So you need to hear this for, for them. Let me tell you three things about sin to begin with. Number one, our sins hurt us. Even if you are just a selfish person and you don't care anything about God or anybody else, you need to know that our sins, that when you and I sin, it damages us. Verse 1, it says, But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of the dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Karma, a descendant of Zimrah, and the son of Zerah, and the tribe from the tribe of Judah. Don't you wish they were just Bob, Frank, and Bill, all these strange name Old Testament people? Verse 11, it says, Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things I have commanded that must be set apart for me. And they've not only stolen them, they have lied about it, and they've hidden the things among their own belongings. Here's what's happened. The Jewish people have just crossed over 
into the promised land. It's an exciting time, a wonderful time. They had their first battle. They fought at the, the, the city of Jericho. You know this story? Jericho's right across from the, the Jordan River. They crossed over there. They marched around the city. Six days, nothing happened. The seventh day, they march around, march around it seven times. The walls go in, and they destroy. I, I mean, it's a total victory. Now, these were evil people inside Jericho. It's hard for us to understand, but God had said, I want you to kill everybody in that city, and everything that you take, gold, silver, anything like that, you don't pocket it. It is to go into the treasury. In fact, in chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, do not take any of the things set apart for the destruction. Or, or you, you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made from silver and gold, or bronze or iron, is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. That's exactly what one man and his group did not do. In verse 20 and through 21, Achan replied, he'd been found out, it's true, I've sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon. These were supposed to be extremely extravagant robes. 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them, I wanted them. How much trouble we get in because we want something we shouldn't. And I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent with the silver buried deeper than the rest. Let me just pause. This isn't in my my notes, but it's in my heart. Do you think you can hide something from God? I'll bury it under my tent and God won't see it. Come on now, really. But, I mean, this guy's no different from us. He stole a robe. He, He stole some silver, probably five pounds of silver and a pound and a quarter of gold. And he absolutely disobeyed God by doing this. And he's exposed, and now he's humiliated. And look at the fruit of it in verse 24 and 25. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkey, sheep, goats, tent, and everything he had, and they brought them to the valley of Acre. Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And the Israelites stoned Achan and his family, and they burned their bodies. Wow. Let's go back to verse 1. Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart. The word violated there means they acted unfaithfully. They transgressed. They went against God's Laws. In verse 11, it says, Israel has sinned. The word sin there in the Old Testament mirrors a, a primary Greek word, New Testament word for sin, which means to miss the mark. It means to miss the way. It means to fall short. Now, see, here's what we're guilty of. We compare our sins to other people's, don't we? Yes, we do. We are not bad like those people. They do bad things. And we, we, well, you know, listen, if, you shoot, if you're shooting at a target and you miss by 10 yards or by one inch, you've missed the target. And sin here means to miss the mark with God. In verse 11, it says, you have broken my covenant. You have violated me. You've departed. You've gone beyond what I told you to do. In other words, the, the word here for sin is pretty broad. It, it's the picture of 
of God has a standard. God told them, don't you take anything for yourself. Uh, And there was a purpose behind that. Don't you do it. And they did it anyway. So for us, it's a lot bigger picture because we have 66 books in the Bible, don't we? And God has laid out his standards. He's laid out his his principles. And when you and I decide we're going to do it anyway, isn't that our philosophy? I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do what I want to. It looks good to me. I'll hide it and no one will know, right? Let me tell you this. It's going to hurt you eventually. Again, some of you, I I have no idea who I'm talking to. Some of you are dabbling in stuff right now. It's going to burn you bad if you don't get out of it. Everybody in this room is going to face it at some point. And you know people who are in the same mess. Well, I'm not going to go steal any gold or silver. No. Are are you committing adultery? Is it pornography? Why, no, I wouldn't do any of those things. Are you a liar? When you conveniently don't tell the truth, you are lying. Amen? Amen? Well, I just lust a little. I I remember hearing guys when I was a baby Christian would say, well, I'm not going to go shopping. I'm just going to look at the women coming by. That's sin. You men are, you're not saying anything because you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Women, do you know what I'm talking about? Because men are scared right now. (laughs) Or here's this, we are church people, so we're not going to do any of that. We'll just gossip. We'll slander. We'll cause division. Mm. We'll just be negative. I want to tell you, one way or another, sooner or later, it gets exposed and we pay a price. Sometimes in this, the most ridiculous, silly ways ever. This is a true story. In Los Angeles several years ago, there were some criminals that were brought in for uh, the robbing of a of a convenience store. And the convenience store clerk said, I think I would recognize them, but I know I would recognize their voice. They had a distinct voice. And, and the, the policeman said, what did they say? He said, well, I think they said, put your hands up or I'm going to shoot you. So they made the criminals one at a time step forward and show their face and say, put your hands up or I'm going to shoot you. Number five step forwards, and I'm not making this up. They said, no, say, Put your hands up or I'll shoot you. And he said, that's not what I told him. <laughs> Bingo. That's our, our new prisoner. But that's what happens, isn't it? I wonder how many people are riding high on the hog today that will be facing sin's disgrace in a month. I wonder if O'Aken hid in the tent and he was... Pl- Laying on that gold, don't you know it felt good? I'd like to have a pound of gold, wouldn't you? And have that silver and that robe. He's going to wear that robe. And he may have enjoyed it for a season. But I want to tell you, our sin always comes back and hurts us. Secondly, our sin hurts others. Our sin hurts other people. Okay, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you for the future. I'm talking to somebody you need to talk to in the days ahead. In verse 4, 
It says approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated by the men of Ai. Now, what, what, what is this? What's happening here? Well, before they had discovered Achan had stole this in God's displeasure, Joshua, the great leader he was, didn't seek God. They just had a great battle, so now they have to go win another battle. They don't pray about it. They just say, hey, we can conquer these people easily. They send a small group of people up there, and they get their heads knocked off, some of them literally. And you know why that happened? Because the power and the blessing of God was taken off of them. In verse 12, it says, that is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. From now, Israel has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. The army lost a battle because of one man's and one, I believe, one man's family sin that was infecting the whole community. And verse 24 and 25 are staggering verses. Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, goat, tent, everything he had, his sports illustrated, everything, his ESPN, his TV, everything, into the valley of Acre. Joshua said, why have you done this? And they killed them and burned their bodies. Now, there's two thoughts on this. One thought is, is that as a punishment of his sin, all his family had to die with him. I don't really think that's probably the right understanding because of Deuteronomy 24, 16. It says, Parents must not be put to death for the sin of their children nor children for the sin of their parents. Go back and look at this closely later. His wife was not mentioned in this group. What I believe is, is I believe his sons and daughters were involved in the crime with him. When you put it all together biblically. But either way, here's what you have to get to the heart of it. When you sin and I sin, again, I'm not, we all sin. I'm talking about tonight, when we make major jumps and we get into major messes, it doesn't just hurt you, it's going to hurt people around you. And listen, it's going to hurt the ones you love the most. When I was a young pastor, I was 23, 24, here's what I saw early on. I saw it with a, a, an alcoholic who was close to my age, and I saw it with a drug addict who wasn't much older. They had left home. They were very independent. They did their own things. Nobody needed to tell them what to do. They were big time, and they were big shots. They started getting arrested. They got, started getting thrown in jail. They started having car wrecks. They started getting tickets. They started having to do prison time, and it would cost their parents Money, 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 humiliation, heartache, sleepless nights. And it was, it, it was easy for me to see that then is that when you and I fall off and we do things we shouldn't do and we stay in patterns we shouldn't be in, it affects those around us tremendously. Someone said, when you taste the bad fruit, when you get involved with the forbidden fruit, you always create a jam. Isn't that good? <laughs> and you don't only create a jam for yourself, you create it for those you love. Listen, 
Listen to me this evening. When you're tempted, if you're not in the middle of something, to get involved with something that you shouldn't be involved in. Maybe it's just a group of negative people that don't like Rustin, don't like tech, don't like the church, whatever it is. And all, oh, you're not gossiping, you're just, you're just part of the group, whatever. Or, or maybe you're, you're starting to flirt with somebody that doesn't belong to you. See, I can flirt with that one. But that needs to be the extent of my Romeo-ness, if that's a word. <laughs> and, and when you begin to push that boundary, just weigh it out. That if you get the gold and you hide it under your tent, it's going to be found out eventually. What's my computer? Nobody's ever going to know what's on my computer. Do you know how many people are sitting in prison tonight that said that? They're not going to miss that money. It's, you know, it's a multi-million dollar corporation. It's not your money to make that decision about. If we branch off and we go against the Lord in the Lord's ways... The gold's always going to get discovered. And it's going to hurt us, and it's going to hurt those we love deeply. Here's the third thing. Our sins hurt God. Have you ever thought about that? You know, the Bible tells us God grieves. We quench God's spirit. It's hard to think about our God. We either go one or two extremes. We... we, He's good old boy Jesus, or he's this far-out God that we can't touch. He's a very personal God. Our sins hurt God. Let me tell you two ways. One, we hurt his name. We hurt the name of God when we sin. In verse 9, For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about this, they will surround us, wipe out our name off the face of the earth, and then what's going to happen to the honor of your great name. Because, the, because of the chaos Achan had created, he was bringing shame on the name of God. You ever thought about that? Listen to me, have you ever thought about that? You know, I've worked in churches for 30 years. I hadn't worked at schools or in factories. But I, I, I know this, churches can bring a lot of shame on the name of God. You don't sin in a vacuum. It's going to have an impact. And, and not only it hurts his name, but this goes with it, it hurts God's causes. God had sent these people into this promised land to conquer it and to give it to them. In verse 4, battle number 2, approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, and they were soundly, soundly defeated. I would go as far to say that if you're not concerned about the name of Christ being hurt or the cause of Christ being hurt, you are probably L-O-S-T. A person with the Holy Spirit in them cannot purposely continue to do things that hurt the name of God and the causes of Christ. You just can't do it. When I was growing up, we lived in town, and when I was 15, we moved out in the country. We continued to drive in town to the church where, where I'd grown up in, but there was a little church about a half a mile from our home. And 
It probably ran about 40, probably could have ran 140 at that time, probably runs 40 today, probably could run 540 today. But for 50 years, here's their reputation. We're going to fight, we're going to argue, and 10 people are going to control this church. Because it's really not God's. It says church on the sign, but it's our club. Two deacons got in a fist fight in the parking lot after church. You've got to laugh to keep from crying about that, don't you? Now, folks, when two, two second-grade boys get into it, that's kind of funny, isn't it? As long as nobody gets hurt and it's not your kid, it's okay, right? It's somebody else's kid. When two grown men are duking it out in the parking lot, you need help. Well, that church needs an intervention, doesn't it? But think of the shame that church brought on the name of Jesus Christ and the cause of Christ. I lived out there by it for 10 years. I, didn't, I never heard of anybody that went to that church and got saved. They got scared. They didn't get saved. Listen, when, when we sin, we hurt the cause of God. We, we, we hurt the name of God. Stephen Covey, the, the writer teacher, motivational speaker, said when you pick up one end of the stick, you always get the other end too. Well, sin's always fun for a season. But when you pick up the fun side, you get the, the, the consequence side. It's going to hurt you and others in the name of God. President Calvin Coolidge was our 30th president. And supposedly Coolidge said this. He'd gone to church one Sunday. His wife didn't go. She was sick. He got home and, and she asked him, what did the preacher preach on? He hadn't listened well that morning. None of you understand this, so I'll try to explain it. And, and uh, he, uh, he kind of mumbled something. She said, what? And he said, well, I think he preached on sin. And he kind of went on. And she said, well, what did he say about sin? That's kind of broad. And he kind of looked sheepishly and said, well, I think he was against it. <laughs> well, the preacher ought to be against sin. God is against sin. See, I grew up thinking God was against sin because God was against fun. That's not the truth. Heaven's going to be the most joyful, fun place ever. If you don't like fun, you won't enjoy heaven. God hates sin because he knows sin ruins you. It ruins those you love. And it causes shame on the name of God. That's why God hates sin. God doesn't hate sin because he's mean and ugly and vicious. I love the old saying, even though it's brutal and it's hard, that sin always takes us farther than we want to go. It costs us more than we want to pay. And it keeps us longer than we want to stay. And that's absolutely true. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost those you love. It's going to cost the name of Christ. So here's the last thing. What in the world do we do? What do we do? Let's say this evening you're not in the middle of something. But you're going to be tempted in the near future. What do you do? Run from it. I have no idea how to say that in Hebrew or Greek, and I don't care. Run from it. Verse 21, among the plunder I saw, listen to this, a beautiful robe, a bar of gold. I wanted them so much, I took them. Achan needed to put on his running sandals when he saw that and get out of Dodge. He needed to get away from that. 
1 Corinthians 6.18 is directed towards sexual sin, but I believe it has a broader application. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. You're tempted to have an affair. You're not married. You're tempted to have sex. You're tempted to get involved with pornography. What you need to do is put on your shoes, lace them up, and run. See, the devil, the devil wants you to play with it. He wants you to say, I'm not going to do that. In fact, I am so strong, I can, I can push the envelope, right? And then you're going to push it until you fall into it. Run from sin. I've got an opportunity to sit around with a bunch of negative people. Get up and leave. There's money laying around, and it's tempting me. Get, don't stare at it. Leave. Get away from it. Run from it. Okay, here's the second thing. What if you, what if you are in sin? Repent. What, what, if to, what if you're counseling somebody this week that's in the middle of some junk? All of us, if we think hard, we know, we know people who are. What if, what if it's you in two months and you didn't run and you find yourself into it? What if you're in the affair tonight or you're into things you shouldn't be? Repent. Let me give you three words that go with repent, or three concepts. Number one, stop it. Stop it. That means what it says, and it says what it means. Just quit. Now, you you say, well, well, preacher, we're going to sin the rest of our lives. We are, but there's certain things you shouldn't be doing the rest of your lives. I'm going to have a slip of the tongue and a slip of the mind every day. Probably a slip of the mind every hour, right? I don't need to have a sexual slip ever. I I don't ever need to steal money from the church. I don't ever need to beat up my dogs or a deacon in that order. So if you're you're involved in stuff you shouldn't be, quit quit rationalizing it, quit looking for explanations, stop it. And these these go hand in glove. They go... You, you, you continue to do these things. Two, confess it. Confess it. Again, you, it's not like a three-day process. These work together. First John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. The word confess is made up of two Greek words that means the same to say the same. So when I confess my sin, I'm saying the same thing about my sin God does. Here's what God says about my sin. He says, Chris, it's yours. You've done it, and you've done it against me. When I confess my sin, I'm not blaming Cindy. I'm not making excuses. I'm not denying it. I'm saying, God, I've done it. Confession is being honest with yourself. I have done it. I have sinned. And, God, I'm confessing to you that I have sinned. Confess your sin to God. Again, I think a lot of times these are ongoing and continual things in our life, but especially if you're dealing with something that's, that's big. And then turn from it. Go the other direction. Remember, repentance is a 180. We're going this way. We turn around and go this way. What we do is we do a 360, don't we? <laughs> repentance in perfection, it's direction. I'm going to struggle. I'm going to stumble. But, but what do I do when I catch myself in sin? I make a choice with the help of God only can I do this. I'm going to stop what I'm going to do. I'm confessing it to God, maybe just other people that I need to, and being honest with myself, and I'm going to go in another direction. Say, preacher, that sure is hard. It's super hard. 
That's why you have to have the Holy Spirit to make this thing work. But that's God's remedy. How different things would have been for Achan if he would have done that. So what do we need to do this evening? We need to do one of a couple of things. If you're not a Christian, when we give the invitation in a moment, I want to challenge you to come, to leave your seat, to come and give your life to Jesus this evening. We'll help you with that. There's no life, there's no heaven, there's nothing till you get that right. Come and do that. You're not a member and you want to join, you can come after church and do that, or you can come right now. Christian, listen to me just for another second. Some of you aren't in the middle of anything, but you need to keep your, be on guard is what the Bible says. Make a commitment to stay in the right place. Some of you need to confront some people with some junk in their life, lovingly, gently, as a friend and a brother or sister. Ask God for the courage to do that, to tell them truth. Thirdly, if you're in the middle of something right now, I want to challenge you to repent. Where you're standing or at the altar, let's stand. As God leads you, you come. We'll be down here waiting.